0: Good morning and welcome to Forest Hill. We are so glad you chose to join us today. Would you take a moment and like this post, share it to your page, and tag a friend who you would like to join you in worship this morning. If you're visiting with us today online, we are glad to have you and we would love to meet you in person as soon as all of this is over and we are able to congregate in our building once again. Would you take a moment and let's read and join in Scripture this morning as we launch into our worship service. I'm going to be reading from Psalm 145, verses 8 to 13. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. Last Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. But you know, Easter is not just a day. It's a season for us. And now it's time to gather with our pastor. He's going to teach us today how to live in the kingdom of God. We're excited about this service. We're excited about what God is going to share, what he's going to speak to us today. Would you open your hearts, open your ears, and allow God to speak to you on this Sunday morning. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that we are able to gather all over the city, Lord, and worship your name, even if we're in our homes. Lord, you're still there. You're still present. And Lord, you haven't changed. God, we pray that you would meet with us today. Lord, that we would live in your kingdom. Lord, that Easter wouldn't be one Sunday for us, but Lord, that it would be a season of life. It would be our life that we live, the resurrection of Jesus, the power that lives in us. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today by your word. Lord, I pray that you would pierce the hearts of people who do not know you today. Lord, that they may come to know a Savior. Lord, a Savior who cleanses and heals, Lord, and takes away all of our sins. Lord, we're thankful for you today. We're thankful for what you've done in our lives. We're thankful that, that um, you came, Lord, you died and you rose again. And Lord, we celebrate that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you join Pastor Chad and his team as they lead us in worship this morning?
1: Good morning, welcome one more time to our online worship experience. We are so glad that you've come this morning to worship with us. So we invite you to sing, rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. We are so thankful, Father, to be here in your presence. Father, every promise that you've given us,
2: we live for you we do say Jesus
1: Jesus Jesus, the the name name above above every every other name. name his name is Jesus Jesus the That is Christ Jesus. He is everything. The firm foundation says, I will.
2: see So, so good, with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of
3: God. Good morning, Forest Hill family. It's been awesome to worship with all of you so far this morning. And so now for just a few moments, we want to go into a time of prayer. And so if you are facing any needs or you have anything that you would love for us to agree and pray with you about this morning, we ask uh, drop that in the comment section uh, or you can privately message any of us and we are just waiting to agree with you uh, this morning in prayer. And before Pastor Tristan prays for us, I want to encourage you with the words that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12. And he says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul understood that even though we may go through some difficulties, we may go through some trials, which we are certainly all facing this morning, uh, that Christ's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so you can rest assured of that this morning that you are in the palm of his hand and he is going to take care of you so pastor Tristan is going to pray for us this morning
4: hey Far still family would you bow your heads with me and lift your hearts to the Lord God I just come to you today thankful God I'm thankful that we have this opportunity to get to worship together as an online community God you're so gracious to us and you're so good to us for still providing and still protecting us during this time Lord, I know that some of our people have needs during this time, and I specifically speak to those needs right now, Lord. You know every detail and you know everything that uh, each of our people are facing. And God, I pray right now that you just begin to delicately and intricately work in their lives. Every problem that they may be facing, every difficulty that they may be going through, every circumstance and situation in the lives of the people watching this right now. God, I pray that you will just right now reach your hand down and protect them. Put a hedge of protection around our people, God. We pray for them daily, Lord. We lift up their names to you daily, God. And I know right now that you are working in their midst and working in their homes right now, Lord. And I pray for Pastor Daniel as we proceed, Lord, and I pray that you'll just speak to him and give him a word for us this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Tune in with us as we listen to Pastor Daniel.
5: Good morning, friends. Welcome to the Forest Hill Church of God. We're so glad you joined us this morning uh, for our second week of Easter. As my wife Shay said a few moments ago, Easter is not just a day, it's actually a season in the life of the church. And so I greet you this second week of the Easter season. You can see the cross behind me is still draped in white, and we're ready to celebrate and continue to talk about all that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus means for us. Amen? So we're glad to have you. If you're watching us on Facebook Live and you haven't done it already, I want to invite you to do a couple things. Number one, like the post. Number two, hit that little arrow below the post and share the post over on your own page. And then number three, tag some people in the comments down below that you would like to invite to uh, listen to the sermon with you today. So go ahead and do that and let some people know that you're on and that you want them to engage with you. It would be a great way of uh, expanding the reach of our message today. We appreciate you doing that. Maybe you would like to follow along with the notes. On your UVersion app. If you use the little Bible app on your phone or device, you can search for our live event, uh, Forest Hill COG, and you'll find us there. You'll find the notes as well as the passage that we're going to be studying together today from God's Word. So, hope you'll join us on uh, the UVersion app as well. Finally, before we get started in God's Word, I want to thank all of our faithful givers who've been so loyal to help us during this time of uh, exile when we're not able to meet on our property. Uh, we do count on the faithfulness of our people, and you've been so good to help us with that. Thank you for doing that. If you would like to give to bless the ministry of the Forest Hill Church, the couple ways you can do that. One is you can mail that to our address, 5508 Moffett Road, Mobile, Alabama. 36618 or you can simply uh, hit the little link that you see below in the comment section right now and it'll take you to the Engage platform where you can set up a recurring or give a one-time online gift and we thank you for your support helps us keep things moving during the season and so if you have your Bible I want you to go ahead and turn with me this morning in God's Word we're going to be looking together uh, in Colossians chapter 2 so go ahead and whether it's digital or uh, pen and ink like I've got here Find your Bible and find the book of Colossians, the second chapter, and we're going to be reading together from God's Word. Once again, I greet you this morning, the second Sunday of Easter, in the name of our risen Lord Jesus. And I'm going to greet you and say, Christ is risen, and I want you to respond and say, He is risen indeed. Are you ready? Let's greet each other right now. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Yes, He is risen indeed, and we're grateful today. Again, Easter is a season of the year for us, and we celebrate the resurrection, and we'll be doing that for the next few weeks together here at the Hill. The Bible says after His resurrection from the dead, Jesus spent another 40 days on the earth interacting with His closest disciples and His followers. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 3, a little bit more about that. I don't know about you, but I would love to have to have the podcast downloaded to my phone of all that Jesus talked about during that season. Wouldn't you? That would be quite interesting. Well, we don't have that, but we do know the topic that Jesus was talking about with His followers. Uh, Acts 1-3 says, After His suffering, He presented Himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So we know the topic that Jesus had on his heart when he spent these last 40 days with his followers, and that topic was the kingdom of God. And I want to talk to you beginning today and for the next few Sundays on the subject a clash of kingdoms. We're going to be talking about the kingdom of God and how it clashes with every other kingdom, and especially the kingdom of the evil one in the world where we live today. So if you've got your Bible in Colossians 2, verses 13 to 15 will be our text. We're going to find God's Word there. And we're going to talk about four big ideas in this first message on getting the story straight. We're going to talk about four big words. Listen, leave, learn, and live. Those are going to be our big ideas today. Colossians chapter 2, if you found God's Word, go ahead and look with me there. Verse 13, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, It's just so clear what the passage is about. I love this translation. And so whatever you're reading, you'll find it there. Let's read together from God's Word. Colossians 2, verses 13 through 15. Let's read together. You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, For He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. May God add a blessing to the reading of His Word. Would you pray with me this morning as we open our hearts to God's Word? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for the resurrection of the Son of God. We thank You, Lord, that You have won for us a great victory by Your death and Your triumph over death at Calvary. Father, I pray today that you would anoint me to preach, that you would open our hearts to receive, that your Spirit would meet with us, Lord, who are unable to gather here, but who have gathered around our television sets and our screens and devices. And even though scattered, we still sense the community of God's people today around this one message of your risen Son. Bless us as we open your Word and bless us as we engage with uh, these key ideas. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen and amen. I don't know if you've ever walked in uh, on the middle of a movie before, but it's kind of an interesting experience. If you walk in halfway through a television program or midway through a movie that a friend is watching, you often struggle to figure out exactly what's going on. Sometimes if you miss the opening scenes... All the backstory is there, and you really don't have a clue what's going on. And you struggle to make sense of the rest of the story because you missed the beginning of the story. That's a hard place to be, isn't it? It's sort of like flipping open a book and reading in the middle. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, the reality is you and I were born into a world that was already in progress. We were born into a story that was already happening. And it's important for us to understand where we are in the story. And so to do that, we need the backstory. And I want to tell you today, God's Word is the backstory for the people of God. It helps us understand what was going on before we arrived on the scene. It helps us get oriented to where we are in the world and know what's coming uh, next. It helps make sense of everything. And so we begin today by listening to the backstory. Say that with me. Listening to the the backstory. And so we're going to do that today. Uh, we're going to step into the story. Uh, let me ask you today, uh, what, what, what's your favorite movie that has an interesting backstory? Go ahead and drop a couple of those in the comments for me. It may be some great trilogy like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or something like that. There are lots of epic movies that you don't really get unless you get the backstory. So what's your favorite story that requires understanding the larger story to make sense? The Bible tells us that we have to understand the very opening act to make sense of any of the rest of the content. And I'm talking about the book of Genesis chapters 1 through 3. Genesis 3 is really the backstory that makes all the rest of the story come together for us. And so I challenge you today, if you've never read, go back and read the opening chapters this afternoon of the book of Genesis. It'll help make the whole Bible make far more sense to you. The reality is we are born in the middle of a story. Our first parents, the Bible says, were the God-ordained rulers over planet Earth. And unlike anything else in the physical universe, they were made in the image of God. They were given the authority to rule under His authority over creation. They had physical bodies so they could interact with the physical world. They had a spirit that bore God's image so they could commune and connect and communicate with God Almighty. And they had a soul, mind, will, emotions where they could think and feel and decide and act and they could choose what they were going to do. They were created to govern the earth under God's authority as His representatives on this planet. He placed them in the Garden of Eden and He gave them radical freedom. In fact, the Bible says He only gave them one commandment as a sign of His authority over them. And that command involved a tree. The Bible says there were two special trees in the garden. One was the tree of life. It could literally grant eternal life. The other tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this tree uh, was, was a special tree because it would allow one to experience the realities of good and evil for themselves. They were never to eat of that tree. They were commanded to not touch that tree, but rather to lean on God and allow Him to set the boundaries and determine what was good and what was evil. One day the snake came into the garden. Every epic story has a villain, and this story has a villain, and the Bible says that old serpent, the devil, he comes into the garden, the snake comes into the garden, and he convinces our first parents to rebel against God's authority. Now why would he want to do that? Well the reason was simple. He knew if he could get Adam and Eve to rebel against God's authority, he could take advantage of that authority, he could exploit it and exercise great control over the earth. And that's exactly what happened. He convinced our first parents that God was holding out on them, that He really didn't love them like He claimed, that He could not be trusted, and that the only thing they could do really was to act out on their own power. They could reject God's authority. They were smart enough after all to determine what was right and wrong for them without being told that by God. And so they distrusted God's goodness and they disbelieved His word and then they disobeyed His command and the result was disaster. A world made for blessing became a place of curse Uh, because they had opened the door to the evil one and given away their authority to Him. Now every descendant of Adam and Eve is born with a spiritual birth defect, an inborn tendency to disobey God, to reject His authority over their lives, to ignore His Word and become enslaved to their own desires and emotions and drives. The Bible calls this the flesh or the the sinful nature. Some people call it the false self. Whatever you name it, it's very real and all of us know that it's true and it's part of our daily experience. From that day forward, Satan took advantage of their rebellion against God to get his way in the world. He takes advantage of humans even today because as soon as we're old enough, every one of us reenacts The sin and the fall of our first parents. We reject God's authority. We discover for ourselves uh, that rejecting God's way and doing our own thing is not the way to freedom. No, it's the path to slavery. And we discover too late, just like our first parents did, that when we believe the lie and we disobey God and we think that we can be our own masters, we actually become slaves to our own desires and through. Slaves to sin, we become slaves to Satan. And he takes advantage of our lives and wrecks and does great damage in our world. Well, the good news is there's another story. That story in Genesis 3 isn't the final story. In fact, it's just the opening act of God's story. The rest of the book is the unfolding of God's plan because the bad news was Genesis 3. But the good news is before the world began, God already knew that Adam and Eve would abuse their freedom and that humans would get in a mess because of our misuse of that choice that we're, we've been given by God. The Bible tells us that before God gave us freedom, He knew this, so He launched a plan, a plan that He had kept secret in His own heart. Only the Father, Son, and Spirit knew about this plan. Paul says it was a mystery from the ages before time. But God has revealed the mystery of His plan now through the Gospel. Adam had relinquished the kingdom into the hands of Satan, but Jesus would wrest it back from the enemy's hands. He would restore all that Adam and Eve had lost. When the time was right, God's Son became a human. He began preaching and performing miracles, and He got the devil's attention. He announced that the kingdom of God had come on the earth. He announced it by undoing all the things the devil was doing, healing the sick, raising the dead, driving out demons. He began undoing the pain and suffering that sin had caused. Satan rose up against him. He attacked him. He challenged him. He convinced one of his inner circle to betray him. He had him arrested and executed on a cross. But what the enemy didn't know was that this was God's trick. This was God's plan all along. And on the cross, Jesus bore the sin of man. In His own great heart, He took all the brokenness of our world and He took the brokenness of our lives into Himself and He healed it there. He restored our relationship to God. He won a great victory over evil that would one day spell the end of Satan's kingdom Forever. In fact, when Jesus rises from the dead in Matthew 28 and verse 18, He says, "...all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth." And so this is the good news of the resurrection. Christ has defeated our enemy. We talked about that last week. Now anyone who wants out of Satan's kingdom can reverse the steps that Adam and Eve took, and they can find themselves back in the kingdom of God, back in the kingdom of King Jesus. Adam and Eve, uh, they took those wrong steps, but we can take the reverse steps. We can trust God's goodness rather than distrust Him. We can believe His Word rather than disbelieve it. The message of the cross. We can obey His command to receive Christ as Savior where Adam and Eve disobeyed. And if we'll do that, we will re-enter the kingdom of God and find God's blessing overriding the power of the curse of sin in our lives. And so this is the good news. We have to listen to the backstory. Say the backstory. All right, well, I've caught you up to where we are in the movie so far. Now we enter our story into God's big epic story. Here's where you and I fit in. You and I are born under, in a world that is under the sway of the evil one. We're born under the authority and jurisdiction of the enemy's kingdom. But you and I can choose to leave that kingdom and enter the kingdom of God. But that's a choice that each of us must make for himself or herself. Hebrews 2.14 tells us how this works. We read this passage last week. We've been coming to this verse a lot. It is a key verse in Easter season. "...inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, Jesus Himself likewise shared in the same, that through death He might destroy him who had the power of death." that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I want you to notice a couple of words in this verse. Number one, the word destroy. Say destroy. It says that he came to destroy the devil. Now, we know that the devil still exists and Satan is still around and we see the evidence of that in our world. So what does it mean that he came to destroy him? Well, the Greek word means to bring to naught or to render inoperative. In other words, Jesus came to render Him inoperative in the lives of those who trust Him. He comes to undo all His authority and power in the lives of those who change kingdoms and come under the authority and jurisdiction of Jesus. The second word is release. It says He came to release those who through fear of death were subject to bondage. That's another interesting word. That word release means deliver. But here's what's unique about it. The term is used for releasing a woman from the marriage contract that she had to her husband. It's this idea of being released from a marriage covenant. What a thought. You and I are divorced from the devil. Now, some of you who've actually been through divorce might say, Pastor, you have no idea. Well, I'm not talking about your ex-spouse today. I'm talking about a spiritual reality. But if you've been through it, maybe you understand more than the rest of us do what this feels like. We have been set free from our marriage to the evil one. We've been released from being under the authority uh, or or, or being trapped in a relationship with the devil. The Bible says in Colossians 1.13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God's dear Son. There's been a change of kingdoms. We're married to another spouse now. We're adopted into another family. We're transferred into a new kingdom. We're citizens of another country now. It's all different. We are no longer under the power of darkness. The word is authority, the authority of darkness. Why? Because Jesus has all authority and He has brought us into His own kingdom. And so we've, we've talked about learn, listening to the backstory, and now leaving Satan's kingdom. We can choose to leave the kingdom of the enemy and join the kingdom of Christ. Well, then we have to learn the strategy of the evil one. Because just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that the battle ends. No, that's really when the battle begins between you and the evil one. The Bible warns us in Revelation 12 and 17 that whenever the enemy came up against Jesus and he couldn't defeat him that he went off to make war against His descendants, those who follow Jesus and who obey His gospel. That's you and me. The enemy's at war with us. So we need to be aware of what tactics he uses. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, To be careful, lest Satan take advantage of us because we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not unaware of his tactics or his schemes. Well, how does the devil get advantage over us? What tactics or schemes does he use to get the upper hand in our lives? Well, the Bible would give us at least three. Fear, number two, lies, and number three, temptation. Let's talk about those a minute. Number one, fear. Say fear. Now, I don't know if maybe you have an irrational fear. Some people do. Uh, Maybe it's a fear of spiders or a fear of snakes or maybe it's a fear of high places. Maybe it's a fear of public speaking. I don't know. If you have something like that that just really you find uh, crippling that maybe uh, you would like be willing to share, drop that in the comments below. I want to see what's the most interesting thing our people are struggling with out there. Fear is a very real enemy that you and I face. Uh, a verse that we just read, Hebrews two fourteen and 15 says, Jesus came to release those who through fear of death we're subject to bondage. One of the greatest fears people have is the fear of death. Jesus came to release us from that fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. That's a great little acronym for understanding how fear operates. We are often like an elephant bound by a string. I'm told in other countries, whenever they capture an elephant and want to use it uh, for work, they will take that baby elephant and bind it with a chain. And it soon learns that despite all its efforts to break free, it cannot. Well, then they replace the chain, with just a, as the elephant grows, with just a small, flimsy rope. A, a, a thread, a strand, a fabric that... The elephant could easily break if he just exerted his strength and kicked very hard. But when he feels the pressure of that tiny rope, that tiny strand, he believes that it is still just like the chain that bound him in his youth. And so he doesn't even try to resist. And you can bind a mighty elephant with just a small rope as long as he doesn't believe he can be free. Fear is like that. It grips us. It binds us. It chains us up. Not because we don't have authority, but because we don't believe we have authority to break free from its grasp. And so fear, this this bondage in our minds, uh, it keeps us from the best that God has for us. It's one of the tactics of the enemy. The second one we mentioned is lies. Everyone say lies. Lies, this is a big tool the enemy uses against us. The Bible says uh, in John 8:44 that Satan was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Wow, One version says, when he lies, he speaks his own native tongue. Lying is the devil's native language. Satan used a lie in the Garden of Eden, and he still uses lies on us today. He is a deceiver, the Bible says. He's likened to a serpent who's crafty and full of trickery and cunning. Beth Moore says, every stronghold in my life is built around a lie that I believe. If there's some area of bondage in your life, it's always tied to some place where you don't believe the truth of God and you're not applying or walking in the truth. And so there's lies and there's fear. But thirdly, there's temptation. Say temptation. The Bible says that after Jesus was baptized, the tempter came. That's another name for the devil. He's the tempter. Uh, Pastor Austin is teaching our children the Lord's Prayer. And one of the phrases in that prayer is, lead us not into temptation, right? And so we're learning about that. Our children are even learning that. James 1.13 says, Don't let anyone say when he's tempted that God is tempting him. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So temptation, lies, fear, these are the tactics, the schemes of the enemy by which he gets the advantage over us. Well, finally, let's talk about how we live in Christ's victory. How do we, who have changed kingdoms and trusted Jesus as Savior, overcome these schemes of the evil one? How do we live in the victory that Christ came to offer us? Well, the reality is this. We must enforce the victory that Jesus won over Satan in our own lives, and we have to do that on a daily basis. But the good news is we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Jesus has already overcome the evil one and we must enforce and stand in his victory we must bring his victory to bear in our lives on a daily basis we do that by prayer by the Word of God through the blood of Jesus through the power of the name of Jesus we have many weapons at our disposal Ephesians six twelve warns us we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. The Bible gives us two great overarching principles for victory today. One is this, our posture towards God. He says, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The second is our posture toward the enemy. The rest of the verse says, and put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against The wiles of the devil. James 4, 7, James says it the same way. The two principles, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We submit to God and we resist the devil. Number one, we have to submit to God. Too many people try to resist the evil one without being under God's authority. There were seven sons of Siva who tried to do that in the book of Acts. It didn't end well for them, and it won't for us either. Satan is a powerful foe. We have no strength to withstand him on our own. We are no match for him. We must be strong in the Lord's mighty power if we're going to be victorious. Power and authority work together. It's always true in the Bible. And if you and I want the power of God to flow in our lives to overcome the enemy, we must live under the authority of God in our lives. Hear me, when I submit to God's authority and get an alignment with Him and His commands, His power will operate in my life. But as long as I'm walking in disobedience to God's Word, I am not submitted to God and I will not enjoy victory over the enemy. You can't live with a foot in both kingdoms. The word submit means to fall in rank, to come under the authority that is over me. Tony Evans once said you'll never be under you'll never be over what God wants under you until you get under what God wants over you. Submit to God is always the first step, but then we must actively resist the devil. Say that with me. Resist the devil. Christ has won the ultimate victory over Satan, but that victory must be applied, enforced, lived out in our daily lives. He is a crafty, disobedient, rebellious enemy. And just because Jesus defeated him at Calvary doesn't mean he's going to roll over and give up in your life. Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Paul says we must wage a good warfare. We must fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. We are to resist the enemy. We resist in the same three areas I mentioned a moment ago. Number one, we resist Satan's fear through faith in God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So we resist fear with the weapons God's given us. Secondly, we resist the lies of the devil with the truth of God. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, He says, If you abide in My Word, then you are truly disciples of Mine. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Finally, we are to resist Satan's temptation through the strength of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 13, God gives us some great promises when we face temptation. Warren Wearsby said it this way, in every temptation, God gives us two gifts. He places a limit. He puts an exit and He places a limit. Always, He puts an exit and He places a limit. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. But God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond what you can stand. There's the limit. The rest of the verse says, but He will make a way of escape so that you may bear up under it. There's the exit. So God always does this. He puts a limit and places an exit, and we can trust Him to do that. Remember the promises of God. If we submit to God and resist the devil, He will flee from us. We stand in the victory already won by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Amen? I remind you of that this morning, and I greet you again in His strong name. Christ is risen! He is risen indeed, and that changes everything for us. As we close today and prepare to pray, let me ask you a couple questions. Do you need a divorce from the devil? Don't look at your spouse. Look straight ahead at me. Don't get in trouble in your own house today. In all seriousness, do you need today, more than anything else, to break free from the prison house of the enemy? Do you need to be delivered from the authority of the evil one to leave his kingdom, to get out from under his thumbnail? The good news of the gospel today is that you can do that by trusting Jesus and receiving Him as your king. He will transfer you from the enemy's authority under his own authority. Does Satan have the advantage over you in some area of life today? Is there some area of life where you are not fully submitted to God and so he has the advantage over you? what trick is he using? Is it fear? Is it some lie that you're believing? Is it some area of life where sin has taken root and that's opened the door for the evil one? I want to remind you today, what makes sin so dangerous is that it opens the door for the enemy to come in and wreak all kind of havoc and cause all kind of damage in your life. It's not that God is standing there with a big stick waiting to crack you over the head because you've disobeyed him. No. Just like in the original story, sin opens the door for the evil one. And the only way to really get free and stay free is to learn to win the battle with temptation by the strength of God. Are you fully submitted to the Lord? Are you surrendered to Him? Have you come under His authority? It's the only way to live in freedom. Are you ready to stop playing games with God? To stop trying to live with one foot in the church and one foot in the world? but to surrender everything to King Jesus? Are you actively resisting Satan by the Word and the name and the blood of Christ? I want to tell you, you can live a new resurrection life, life in the kingdom of God, but you must surrender to King Jesus in order for that to ever be a reality. Maybe today you want someone to pray with you about that. There's a couple ways that that can happen. Number one, you can call the pastor on call number right now, 251-345-1700. You can call and someone right now from our pastoral staff is waiting to pray with you and lead you into a relationship with Christ where you can exit the enemy's kingdom and become part of the family of God. Maybe today you would like for someone to get in touch with you and contact you and let you know more about what that life would look like. Well, there's another way you can do that. On our website, forestillcog.org, you can find a link there. We're dropping it in the comment section. You can find a link there uh, that will indicate that you've prayed to receive Christ or to recommit your life to the Lord or that you want to talk to a pastor about your relationship with God. And someone from our staff will be back in touch with you very quickly to have a conversation with you about what it would look like to repair your broken relationship with God through faith in His Son, the Lord Jesus. Leave us your contact info and we'll be back in touch with you. We'd love to share some free resources with you on how to get started. There's a great little book our Pastor Emeritus wrote that talks about your next steps as a Christian. We would love to send you a copy of that if you'll let us know that you're interested in it. Well, I want to close in prayer today before Pastor John comes and tells you how to connect with us on social media, how to give to support the ministry of our church. I want you to bow your heart with me and I want you to pray today. And maybe for the very first time, you need to invite Christ to come and be your master and to transfer you out of Satan's kingdom into the kingdom of God. I'll invite you to pray with me today. Would you take a moment and let's bow our hearts? Father, in the strong name of Jesus, we thank you today for the cross and the resurrection of our Savior. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that by your resurrection, you have all authority, even authority over Satan, Father, we ask today that if there's one listening today who's never trusted Christ, that today would be the day when the light bulb comes on in their heart and they understand, maybe for the first time, what's really happening in their lives. That through sin and rebellion, through lies and fear, the enemy has taken advantage of them. And maybe today they want to be free. Lord, I pray that right now, in their heart, they would lift up their voice and say, Lord, I acknowledge my sin that's opened the door for Satan. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you by your cross and resurrection to set me free from the grip of the evil one, to forgive my sins, and to bring me out of the enemy's kingdom into the kingdom of Christ. Lord, today, do that work in their hearts and lives. And Lord, seal that to their heart today. And may they sense and know the change has happened. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' strong name. And everyone said, amen. If you made that decision to trust Christ, I invite you, let us know. We want to reach out and help you with some good resources to get you on the right track of walking with Christ. Again, I hope you'll join us uh, on Wednesday night for our uh, Bible study programs and lots of things going on online. Be sure to listen to Pastor John as he lets you know how to stay connected with us and all the good things happening online here at The Hill. May God bless you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Receive this benediction from the Lord, will you? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and grant you His peace. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
3: Thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Here are some ways you can continually to financially support our church and our ministries. Our website is available at www.foresteelcog.org or download our app, Forest COG. Text to Give is also available by texting GIVE to 251-202-4764 or you can mail your contributions to our campus, 5508 Moffett Road, Mobile, Alabama 36618. Our social media sites are up and running also, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching Forest Hill COG. Once again, thanks for worshiping with us today.